Good to see you again. All right. If somebody could grab those doors in the hallway, that'd be awesome. Thank you very much. And uh, I get so distracted. So anyway, I appreciate that. We are uh, also uh, in this Christmas in January sermon series, so to speak, as we continue to go through the life of Jesus. And so there's some, thank you very much, guys, as we go through some uh, uh, sermons uh, on uh, in Matthew and around the time where Jesus is being born to go to trace his life. And so this is a Christmas message, so to speak, but, uh, you know, we're doing it in January, which is kind of good because you kind of see it with different eyes sometimes when you do this. So we talk about the gifts that God gives us through the Magi giving God gifts. And so that's what we're dealing with today. Matthew chapter 2, and I stand up here proudly with my pink shirt on reading this. John David this morning, my five-year-old, he was watching me get dressed, and, and I was putting my shirt on, and he just started laughing, cackling. Uh, and he said, you're going to wear that pink shirt, everyone's going to laugh at you. So uh, yeah, don't say anything to him about that, but I thought that was funny. I said, well, I don't know. I think I like it. Anyhow, but anyway, Matthew chapter 2. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Matthew chapter 2. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who's been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him, and assembled all the chief priests and scribes of the people. He inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose uh, went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Heavenly Father, we... Thank you for being able to worship in here today. But I pray that as we look at this passage, you will let it speak to us, that we will hear from you today, Father, that you would fill me with your words to be spoken uh, uh, through, Lord. You'll give me the words to say, that you'll fill me with your spirit, and that those in here today will receive what you have to say to them 
about the gifts that we see that you give us through this story of people giving you gifts. Lord, we love you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So we look at this story about the gifts given to Jesus, the three wise men. Uh, we, we, we see some gifts that Jesus gives us. Three gifts that, that Jesus uh, gives us. First, we see that he gives us the gift of truth. The gift of truth. Verse 1 says that after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judah, in the Judea in the days of Herod the king, some wise men from the east came and they said, Where is he who's been born? The king of the Jews, we have come to worship him. So sometime after Jesus was born, perhaps a year or so, uh, the Bible says that these wise men, also known as magi, came looking for a king. Now in the Middle Ages, a, a story developed that these men were kings of foreign lands. So we have songs that, you know, titled like We Three Kings and things like this. But the biblical accounts never call them kings. They refer to them as magi or wise men. And so what were these magi? Well, simply put, they were astronomers. They were astrologers. So not only were they studying the sky like astronomy, they were studying the sky and looking for signs and meanings for their life. So that they, they were astrologers as well. They were trying to interpret the stars in the heavens to give them life direction. So they were constantly looking into the sky for learning and direction. They also dabbled in sorcery and magic. They would interpret dreams, things like this. And they were knowledgeable in about every area of life. So they were given the name wise men. So when they looked into the stars and they, and they saw something new, they took notice. And that begs the question. How did they know this, this rare celestial occurrence equaled the king of the Jews being born. Since they came from 800 to, to 900 miles away, what was called Persia, they, they likely knew of the writings of the prophet Daniel, who along with other Jews were living in exile under the Persian Empire so many years ago. Daniel had been a high-ranking official in the court, so it makes sense that his writings would have been preserved in the libraries and things like this. And so Maybe they had read, they were familiar with Daniel chapter 9, 25, which says this. Know therefore and understand that from the going out of the word to restore and build Jerusalem to the coming of an anointed one, a prince, there shall be seven weeks. Then for 62 weeks it shall be built again with squares and moat, but in a troubled time. So this whole section gives this timeline of sorts of when a prince was coming to build Jerusalem. Additionally, being educated men, learned men, uh, it would not be out of the realm of the possibility that they knew other sacred writings, and they would perhaps know the prophecy from Numbers chapter 24 that says this, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. It shall crush the forehead of Moab and break down all the sons of Sheph. Remember, these men were looking for truth. They were searching for meaning, and they found it. 
They were looking for a God, a, a king that they could worship, that deserved it, that could, they could put their faith in. And God revealed that to them. And one of the gifts that Jesus gives us is the gift of truth. Jesus himself said in John 14, he said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This is a, a statement of truth. Jesus says that the only way to be made right with God is through me. The only way to, to be good with God is through me. The only way to, 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 to be, have your sins atoned for, to, to quote, earn salvation, to be given salvation, the only way to be reconciled with God is through me. The only way. This is a gift of truth that Jesus tells us. Now, the nature of my calling puts me in situations where uh, I constantly have opportunities to speak truth if people ask me enough questions about what I do and things like that. Sometimes if I'm talking to someone and they ask me what I do and I tell them I'm a pastor, sometimes their personality changes immediately. They all of a sudden apologize for maybe saying something that they thought was offensive or whatever. And, uh, but every now and then somebody asks questions to me and sometimes it might be in weird situations. Uh, last year I went to a, a family wedding where another pastor had performed the wedding. I was just there to attend, and he said some interesting things during his sermon. So some of my family members asked me my thoughts on it, and, you know, I'm not trying to be critical, but I told them my thoughts, told them what I thought about it. But about 20 years ago, a funny story happened when Emily and I were, were on our honeymoon. She had scheduled uh, a couple's massage you can see me doing one of those things, right? And I was a little uncomfortable about it. I said, all right, now explain to me what's going to happen here. Like, me and you are going to be in a room, and there's going to be people in there. We're going to be there together, right? Oh, yes, together. And they'll be giving us massage together. And she's like, yes, you can be right next to me. I'm like, okay, that sounds good, you know. Uh, I never had one of those before, nor did I want one, but she wanted to do it. So we it was in our uh, hotel, so we go down to our appointment, and we go to the door, and this older lady answers the door in and, and, and the little spa area, and she goes, I'm so sorry, there's been a, a mistake. We can't do a couple's massage. We'll just have to do you one at a time. I said, what? And it was, that's fine. You go ahead, and I'll do, you do yours, and I'll do mine. I said, so I'm going to be alone? She goes, oh, yeah, you'll be fine, honey. I'm like, okay. So I'm about in my 20s, and this lady's probably 50 or 60, so I'm, I lay down on this, you know, mat thing, and and you put your head to the little, you know, what do you call that? That little, like, little, little pillow thing, you know, and I'm laying there. And she's giving me a massage, and I'm trying to relax and enjoy my, my honeymoon. And she says, so, so what do you do? And I said, what's massage? I'm getting interviewed now. And I said, well, well you know, I'm a student. What are you studying for? Well, I'm a seminary student. Well, what is that? Well, I'm training to be a pastor. Oh, yeah, for what? What kind of church? I told her the church, and just more questions, got into more questions about, you know, what do you believe about God? Well, what about Jesus? Now, admit, I'm paying for a massage, right? <laughs> that I didn't really want to pay for or even receive. And every time I would give her a kind of, I guess, controversial answer, she would quit. 
She would stop for a second and think about it. I'm like, this is way awkward, right? And then I've told her about Jesus and how do you get to heaven and all these questions. Finally, she said, what happens to people who die who don't believe in Jesus? And I'm sitting there with my head in that little pillow. And I just thought about it and I went, they go to hell. I mean, I'm, at this point, I'm relaxed. I'm liable, to say, I'm liable to say anything, right? I go to hell. And she stopped for a second. Oh. Right. Yeah, thank you. Right. You know, you can't not speak the truth. you got to speak the truth. You know what the kids call that nowadays when people speak their truth and do their thing? If you want to kind of freak out your, your teenage grandkids or... Or, uh, or, or kids, go tell them that you're standing on business today, right? They'll be like, oh, don't say that. That's so horrible, right? But that's what you're doing. But you're not standing on business when you tell the truth. You're standing on Jesus. Jesus is the foundation. That's what you're standing on. And as a Christian, you have to stand on Jesus. And when you find yourself in those situations, you got to do it. it. And it's a gift. It would be an unloving thing for me to, to tell that woman maybe what I thought she wanted to hear, it doesn't matter what you believe in. Just you just you do fine. You'll be fine. You'll get there. I'm sure God will work it all out. No. People without Jesus go to hell. That's the truth. Right? When it comes to how to know God, God does not beat around the bush. He doesn't say, hey, it's up to you. I mean, you know, there's only one way, but I'm not going to tell you. I don't want to offend you. I don't want to upset you. You just do you. You just live your life. If God did that, it would be one of the most unloving, hateful, and despicable things he could do. It would not be a gift. But since God is truth himself, he's not going to lie to us. Hebrews 6 says it's impossible for God to lie. One of the great gifts God gives us is the gift of truth. Now, what we do with that truth is up to us. We can receive it, we can reject it, act like it's not true, doesn't exist, but it doesn't change the fact of what is true. Two plus two equals four, no matter how bad you want it to be five. That is a gift of truth, and we get that through Jesus. Secondly, Jesus gives us the gift of Scripture. Scripture. Look at verse 3. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him, and assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So Julius Caesar appointed Herod's father to be governor of Judea. Herod's father then appointed him to be over the region of Galilee. And so years later, uh, the Roman Senate declared that Herod was the quote-unquote king of the Jews. Even though he wasn't Jewish, they were trying to pass off that this is the political thing to do. He tried to become Jewish. He married a Jewish woman. He built all sorts of buildings. He developed all sorts of commerce in the region. But he wanted to be worshipped. And he was paranoid of losing his power. In fact, he drowned his brother-in-law because he thought he was a threat. And then at his funeral, he pretended to cry and mourn. He later murdered his own wife and eventually three of his sons 
Because he perceived them to be threats to his power. A leader who has power, who wants more power, and is paranoid that people will try to take it from them is a dangerous person. And this was Herod. So when, when intellectuals, powerful people from another country come into his region and start asking questions about, hey, where's the new king? Imagine what this paranoid, evil leader would think. Now, the Magi were powerful as well. They probably brought with them an entire entourage of people. And so this powerful group of people just, just coming to see Herod was a threat in and of itself. Like, why are they here? And now they're looking for a king when he supposedly is the king. So Herod heard this. He gathered all the top political legal counsels together and says, tell me, what about this Messiah? What are they talking about? He didn't know their scriptures, but they did. And they told him in verse 5. Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. You, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Now, unlike Herod, Jesus would be a king who shepherded his people, not terrorize them or buy them or give them a false security of his love for them. He would shepherd them. It's a picture of a good leader, a good man, a good king. And good men are threats to bad men. And we see Jesus being a threat to him. See, God's word is more powerful than any power-hungry leader. One of the, the great gifts God gives us is his word, his holy scripture. Just this one passage in Micah threatened Herod. God's word itself threatened who he was and what he wanted to do. Is this more powerful than he is? His, his word is how we know certain truths. Now, some truths are self-evident. The Bible tells us this. We call this general revelation. Look at Romans chapter 1. Paul says, For what can be known about God is plain to them, being people, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and things that have been made, so they are without excuse. Every person inherently, intuitively knows there is a God. They feel it. They can see it in creation. God has put it out there. We know that. But some truths only come from God's Word. We call this special revelation of God. We have to hear this from his word. Look at Romans chapter 10. Later in the letter, Paul says this. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they've never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? People have to hear the word. It does you no good and me no good for me to stand up here and give you my thoughts give you my ideas. I will eventually run out of thoughts and ideas. Ask my family. There's times where I got nothing to say. 
And that's not going to change your life. It doesn't matter what I think about anything. It only matters what God's Word says. And people have to hear it. Now, what they do with God's Word and how they react is up to them. Like Herod, they can double down on their sin and harden their heart. Or like Paul, they can have a, an experience where they do a complete 180 and turn to Jesus. But God's Word is more powerful than any person. And this is a great gift that God has given us. And it made Herod completely paranoid. Because he did not want to face it. And number three, Jesus gives us the gift of discernment discernment verse 7 what did Herod do he summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them that means found out what time the star had appeared and he sent them to Bethlehem saying hey listen go and find this child I, I can just imagine this whole conversation right now right? Just, a, just a smile on his face He's not going to say, I want you to go take care of He's not going to be, uh, you know, uh, scared acting. He's a politician. He's going to be like, hey, I want you to go and, and go find this child. And he just says this with kind of a gleam on his face and a twinkling in his smile, you know. I want you to go and, 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 and see what it's like and come back and tell me all about it. I'd love to hear about it. Right? Just this, this fake kind of salesman type of smile. I can just see it right now. Just go and, 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 and let me know so, so I can worship him too. I imagine the educated magi saw through this on some level because they didn't say a word to him that we know. It says in verse 9, they went on their way after listening to him. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose it then went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. So the star got him there. And then when they leave Herod, the star is there again. To show them where to go. Verse 10. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And it's written this way in the Greek because they didn't have italics and they didn't have bold and underline and things like this. So it's written, Matthew ran out of words. His vocabulary ran out of words to describe how joyous the wise men were to see this star. Rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. It would be like underline, italic, bold, you know, 80 font. They were so excited. They rejoiced. Verse 11, and going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. Now, there's some debate as to how old Jesus was at this point. You know, some say maybe a year. He was a little bit older. Maybe he was crawling. Maybe he was a toddler, two, three. We're not real sure, but he wasn't a newborn baby. He was a little older. The time had passed. You know, on my... Uh, time hop app the other day I saw a picture of John David as a baby laying on the floor and here I am playing with him on the floor you know and you know getting I'm like man I got down on the floor to play with that little baby didn't I right you know because you'll do that for babies 
So I don't know if he was crawling or toddling around, but these wise men didn't get on the floor to play with the baby. They laid down, face down on the floor with him to worship him. Even though he was a baby, bowing as low as they could get to worship him, they fell down. And worshiped. They had discernment as to what they were looking for, and they had found it. And they gave the proper reaction that Jesus should give people. And then they it says that they started giving him gifts and they opened their treasures. They gave him gold and, and frankincense and myrrh. And there's a lot to be said about these gifts that we can get we, we're not going to get into today. But they all symbolize the kind of life that Jesus would have. He'd be a king, that he would suffer, that he would die. And they give him these, these, these gifts. Not that Jesus needed it, but because it gave him joy to give it to him. You know, every Christmas when we give our children gifts, there's always, there's always a, a gift or two where they're just so excited. And it gives us joy, right, to see their face that way. And we don't know what Jesus' reaction was. But they loved and enjoyed giving him the gifts that they wanted to give. And they gave as God led them to give. Their giving was a sign of respect, but it was a sign of worship. And these learned, educated, smart, powerful men knew when they saw the truth of God. Unlike Herod, these men had discernment. They were searching for it. If you search for truth, you'll find it. God gives us discernment. And then they showed even more discernment. Verse 12. Being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. A few times through Scripture, God gives people dreams. You know? And I think what he does, people know it's from God. Because, you know, I, I've had a dream before, right? Where you have a dream and you wake up and you, and you think, praise the Lord, that was a dream. Right? You know, it was a bad dream. Or, or, or you wake up. I've had a, several times where I wake up and, I, and it was a good dream. I'm like, oh, that was a dream. Oh, I'm disappointed. But a dream like this, they knew what it was. They all had it. And they knew it was from God. When God gives us that kind of dream, he gives us the discernment for us to know that it was from him. And they left, and they went a different way, because that's a gift that God gives us. We have the Holy Spirit in us as believers. We should all have a discerning spirit in us. We should know truth when we hear it. We should know falsehood when we hear it. And the more we know our Bibles, the better we get at it. The more we follow Jesus, the better we get at it. The more we hear about it, the better we get at it. And these men who were believers in Jesus now knew the truth. And God was still leading them where they needed to go. And he will lead us in our lives, metaphorically and literally, wherever we need to go. If we look to him and ask him and let him show us where to go. Maybe today... You have seen the truth of Jesus. 
that God sent him to this earth as a baby. He grew up to be a man. That he lived a sinless life. He did mighty works. But he died a sinner's death on the cross. He took God's punishment for you and for me on the cross. He died. Three days later, he rose from the grave. He defeated death. He defeated sin so that whoever places their faith in him would have eternal life. That's the gospel. Maybe today is the day that you believe in that truth and receive it. Maybe you are a believer already. Sometimes when you're trying to follow the Lord, the sky just seems foggy. It seems cloudy. Are you in your word? Are you in his word? Are you, are you in your prayers? Ask the Lord to give you the gift of truth. He gives you the gift of scripture. Give you the gift of discernment so you know where he's trying to lead you today. And he will give it to you. God gives truth to those who search it. We see it in his word. He will give us the truth when we need it. We're going to have our invitation today. The band will come on stage. And, and maybe you just need to take some time down here at the steps with the Lord and say, Lord, this is going on in my life. I'm giving this to you. Or, Lord, I need you to help me change in this certain area. Maybe you just need prayer. Maybe you need me to pray for you. I'd be glad to do that. Whatever God's calling you to do today during invitation time, take this time to ask him to reveal himself to you through his truth in his word, and through his discernment. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for what you've given us. As we close our time together today, I pray that we, we turn back these praises to you as we sung this morning. And that you just bless this, this response time today. And that whatever we're going through in our lives today, that we know we can count on you to lead us. Just as the Magi had faith that you would show them where to go, you did. We, we, we believe, Lord, you will constantly show us through your word, through your spirit, how our lives should be. What are things that we need to cut out from our lives? What are things that we need to replace? What are actions and behaviors and lifestyles that we need to line up so that we can be a fully devoted and mature disciple of yours who are people that that we need to talk to and we need to stand on jesus to that you put in our lives that we can speak a loving word of truth to but we know that we'll not always get it right and we'll we'll make it messy sometimes but we know lord that you're with us. And we thank you for that, Father. Lord, we, we, we give this time to you. And we pray that you'll bless. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.